Good evening and welcome to the first Demolition News live show of 2023. As we're at the very start of a brand new year, we're going to be looking ahead at what the next 11 months or so might bring and uh, might have in store. Now, we already know that this is going to be a challenging year economically and that work looks set to become a little bit harder to find. We also know that we're going to miss uh, our house building targets yet again. We know that we will once again fail to cure the skill shortage, cure gender imbalance and mental health issues that continue to plague the sector. So we're going to focus more on some tangible things that might change during the next 11 and a half months. And I've decided I divided the show tonight into basically three sections. Before I explain what those three sections are, I'd like to play you, uh, bizarrely, a video of former U.S. Secretary, uh, Secretary of Defense, Donald Rumsfeld. There are known knowns. There are things we know we know. We also know there are known unknowns. That is to say, we know there are some things we do not know. But there are also unknown unknowns the ones we don't know we don't know clear as mud that wasn't it so yes in keeping with donald rumsfeld's uh, known unknown speech tonight's show will be divided into three sections it will be the as you can see there it will be the known knowns things that we know are coming down the line there will be the known unknowns things that we know we don't know but have a, a sneaking suspicion about and then at the very end of the show we're going to go into completely uncharted territory of the unknown unknowns at which point lord alone knows where it's, it will all take us these are the things that we know will happen this year the known knowns we know that we are expecting either an update or an announcement and a conclusion to the competition and markets authority investigation into collusion and bid rigging in the construct in the uk demolition sector Yes, we're expecting some sort of conclusion on that. Uh, we should have had a, a decision on that back in November, as I'm sure many of you may remember, but that was postponed. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that was a, the case again when the end of January rolls around, but that will be concluded this year. We also know that in just four weeks' time, the demolition industry will mark the seventh anniversary of the Didcot disaster that killed four demolition workers back in February 2016. Now, whether we'll see any resolution to the Didcot investigation belongs very much in the area of the known unknowns. I sincerely hope for the families of the four men that were killed and the wider demolition industry that we do see some sort of resolution on that. We know that the global construction equipment will gather uh, the global uh, construction equipment uh, sector will gather in Las Vegas in March for the long-awaited Con Expo show. And we also know that the UK construction equipment industry will gather at the East of England showground for the first plant works in four years. That will be in June. We also know that Demolition News and Diggers and Dozers will be at both of those events. I'm just going to quickly check the chat because I've got a couple of people arrive. Uh, let's have a look. Good evening, Al Grissom. Thank you very much indeed for uh, being here. Uh, here's a prediction. I predict that Lord Bamford uh, will step down as chairman and his son, George Bamford, will take over the position or someone else will be appointed. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I think it's worth mentioning this. The, the plan for tonight's show, it, this will be the first of a two-parter. And then the second part won't happen until the 13th of December. 
So if you manage to make it all the way through this show, you will see that at the end of the show, I've actually laid out what I believe is going to happen over the next 11 and a half months. But I'm also going to gather up what you believe will happen over the next 11 and a half months. And then when that 11 and a half, 11 and a half months have elapsed, December the 13th, in the run-up to Christmas this year, we will host another of these shows and we'll see just how well we did. That's the plan. So the first uh, prediction we've had from the audience comes from our friend Gary Muirhead, who reckons that Lord Bamford will step down. He is of an age. Um, you'd have to think he's probably got enough money in the bank. So saying that, the last couple of times I've seen him, he's been extremely hands-on and very much a driving force. But you never know. Stranger things have happened. And certainly George is there in the background and has been involved in the business as well. So, yeah, interesting one. Gary, thank you very much indeed for that. So, <clears throat> going back to the known knowns, we know that as of March, the National Federation of Demolition Contractors will have a new president, Mr. John Lynch. Uh, we also know, um, and I'm this is a weird one, this one. When we first hinted at the content of this show, uh, our friend Al Grierson, who has just arrived in the chat, made a prediction. And he said we would see a rebranding of Doosan. Sadly, Al, we can't include that because first thing this morning, it came true. You were absolutely right. We now know that Doosan henceforth will, well, at, so, uh, at some point later this month or early February, I think it was, uh, Doosan will become Devilon. So... What about new machines? While Connexpo obviously follows very, very quickly after Bauma, it is, of course, tempting to believe that there won't be much in the way of new equipment in Las Vegas. Don't be fooled. Because let's not forget, there were a couple of notable absentees at Bauma 2022. Neither Volvo nor Case uh, exhibited in Munich, and both have been on the innovation trail somewhat over the past few years and I won't I can't give the game away because I will tomorrow um, but there was a pre-con expo press conference this afternoon held by uh, Volvo I can tell you new wheel loader new electric roller um, and there's another thing and I can't tell you what it is because I don't know what it is join me on the show tomorrow and I'll be able to tell you what I what I know so far um, it wouldn't be a great surprise if we saw something new from both Volvo, we will, um, and Case, because that's what Case do. So I think we've largely covered the known knowns. Next, we're going to move on into slightly murkier waters of the known unknowns. Let's make that a bit bigger so you can see how weird I look in AI. Seems to have stretched my head. My head looks a bit like a canoe, but... <laughs> maybe my head really does look a bit like a canoe um let's have a look as a side note supermarkets will keep stiffing the farmers yes they probably well I, I don't think that's a prediction i think that's a statement of fact isn't it uh prediction 2023 xcmg will buy hitachi bear with me one second something under my desk making a noise let's get rid of it that would be quite an a, um, XEMG do come up a bit later in the show, so we'll, we'll save that for then. But that is an interesting one, I have to say. So, so far, we have focused entirely on that which we know to be likely to happen. 
We also heard on this very show that, that Caterpillar has plans for new demolition equipment during this year. What is it? Is it a new excavator? New work tools? Both? Either way, Caterpillar, is, or Con Expo rather, is going to be the, the biggest construction equipment exhibition this year. If Caterpillar is planning to announce some new additions to its demolition range, where better to do it than at Con Expo? Be keeping an eye on that. And speaking of Caterpillar, the company has also unveiled a pair of generator sets. Realize that's slightly out of our usual field of, of endeavor, uh, but a pair of generator sets that are capable of running on uh, both natural gas and hydrogen, or sometimes a combination of the two. Is that a precursor? And if you were watching the Breakfast Show last year, you will know that on, a, on several occasions, we mentioned the fact that Caterpillar had signed agreements with major American and Australian mining companies to produce basically sustainable zero emission mining equipment, so heavy trucks. Given the fact that, as it stands at the moment, we, we know that JCB is active in, in um, hydrogen. We also know that Liebherr are, and we know that Hyundai are. Is Caterpillar next? Is Caterpillar next? We shall see. Um, um, will any of that land in the next 11 and a half months? We remains to be seen. I've just said, in the past year, we've seen JCB, Hyundai, and Liebherr all unveil their own takes on hydrogen fueled excavators. As I've said, will we see the same from Caterpillar? Could we see the same from Komatsu, from Case, from Itachi, from XCMG? And let's stick with the, the industry's major players. Let's stick, in fact, with XCMG. The annually published yellow table ranks all the major construction equipment brands in order of global sales. As far back as I can remember, the top two has been Caterpillar, Komatsu. The latest yellow table made for very interesting reading. John Deere slipped from third place to sixth. Meanwhile, Chinese manufacturers XCMG, Sani and Zoomlion rose from 4th, 5th and 10th to take 3rd, 4th and 5th spots on the table respectively. On the table for 2021, uh, yeah, the table for 2021, XCMG was $4 billion behind Komatsu in 2nd place. Now, I, I realise I, I shouldn't underestimate just how big a number $4 billion is. But... XCMG has a vast, vast domestic market, and it's continuing to spread its wings. It's now got a foothold in bits of Europe. It's also over in Australia as well. Could the next yellow table see the Chinese upstart overtake the Japanese giant? While we're about it, could we finally see XCMG making landfall here in the UK? <clears throat> Let's have a look. Known unknowns. AI will control site surveys, costing machinery, refueling site safety, billing, and fewer personnel on the job. It's coming. I'm working on a, a podcast, part of our Tech Foresights series on AI at the moment. And when you start to scratch the surface, it, it boggles the mind. It boggles the mind. And I have to say, setting aside the fact that it's, as I said, it's given me um, a massive canoe head, um, setting all that aside, you have to say, that's a pretty accurate depiction of me. Um, 
And some of the stuff that I've been doing in the background, playing around with it, generating documents and that kind of thing, astonishing, absolutely astonishing. And bearing in mind, we're just literally touching the surface at the moment. Um, so remains to be seen. But I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if that some, some of that came true as well. So we just mentioned XCMG possibly overtaking Komatsu. I don't believe it will happen, but it could. John Deere, we said they slipped from third to six in the world rankings. Will they bounce back and climb back up the league table? And if they do, could that be as a result of a greater focus on the European market? While we're about it, during our conversation with Bobcat's John Christofides at Balmer, he stated that Bobcat's ambition was to become the world's number one manufacturer of, uh, of compact equipment. Will they get closer to that aim this year? Will they achieve it? Based on the level of innovation the company has delivered in the past few years, you'd have to think they're going to get very, very close indeed. Now, another of the big innovators over the past few years is Volvo. Like many of their key rivals, Volvo, we know, are working on hydrogen technology. They mentioned it in their pre-Canexpo press conference this afternoon. So will we see a hydrogen-powered machine from Volvo in the year ahead? I'd certainly love to see it. And what I can tell you is they've done a 3D animation of their stand for Conexpo, which shows all the products that are going to be there, including the, the concept wheel loader that was based on a, a, a Lego model. But lurking in the background is something that is under wraps. You can't see what it is. You can't see anything. But it's excavator-shaped. Is that a regular excavator, or do Volvo throw their hat into the hydrogen ring? As I say, I'd love to see it. Obviously, hydrogen is very much the flavour of the month, and I've talked about it quite a bit already. But it does still remain a long way off. No manufacturer has, has currently made a machine that is available for commercial sale. And even if they did, where on earth would you get the fuel for it? For now, the only viable low-emission alternative to uh, fuel is electricity. We also know that comes with certain limitations as well. We're yet to see a major plant hire or rental company make a truly significant investment in electric machines. They seem to be watching and waiting. We know the price of electric machines and the electricity itself have made electric machines less attractive than perhaps they might have been or might have previously appeared. Will the softening of electricity prices, and God, let's hope there is one of those, will that see a greater uptake of electric machines? Will we finally get to see a major plant hirer go all in on electric machines as some kind of a, a USP, even the formation perhaps of a, a, an electric-only division? Obviously, we know lots and lots of companies are looking at it, They've just not made the step. Or does the future of electric machines lie purely in specialist applications that are not currently served by diesel machines? And I'm thinking underground applications, indoor demolition, strip outs and that kind of thing. Now, before we head into our final category, let's have a chat about attachments. Obviously, attachments are now an integral part of both the demolition and the construction landscape. The universal adoption of attachments has spawned an equally universal adoption of quick coupler systems. 
like Oilquick, Lenhoff, Steel Wrist, and a bunch of others as well. In the past few weeks, we've reported on a pair of new developments that might just offer a bit of a pointer for this sector's direction of travel over the months and years ahead. First was the announcement that Kinsoffer had acquired Prolec to bring more electronics to the control, monitoring and management of attachments. And the second was the launch of Finnish startup Lekatech that is looking to produce a breaker attachment for the digital age. Now, given the rise and rise of telematics, machine monitoring systems, driver aids and other forms of new technology, is the next stage in the evolution of attachments going to be new hardware or is it going to be in the form of software? Let me have your thoughts. Let's also take a very quick breather so I can catch up in the chat. Uh, let's have a look. Let's I'm trying to cover the ones that we haven't. Um, that is an interesting one. I'm going to save that one. Uh, Jim Turner says, farmers are getting stiffed by supermarkets and middlemen, just a tradition. But as subsidies as we know them, um, a lot of big farmers are going to have to start making more profit than they are used to. I, I I watch from afar when it comes to the agricultural sector, but it's um, it does feel awfully imbalanced at the moment. Uh, yeah, we've already mentioned this one, and as I say, having played with AI over the past four or five weeks, just mind truly blown. If you if you fancy um, spending a bit of time idling away the hours. Go and have a look at a, a an AI system called ChatGPT, C-H-A-T-G-P-T. Um, I ran a test on it the other day, and I asked it to write me um, write me an email um, on a, I can't remember what the subject was, but I also asked it to write me a script for a video that I was producing, and I was expecting to sit there, you know, and find spelling mistakes, grammatical mistakes, um, factual inaccuracies. Nope. It was 100% accurate. First time of asking. And then to, to prove how the AI works, I then asked it to reproduce that same YouTube video script in a more chatty style. I then asked it to draw 10 bullet points from the chatty style video, and it did all of them absolutely 100% seamlessly. It's astonishing stuff. Uh, let's have a look. A prediction 2023 Steel Wrist will take over Encon this year. Ooh, wouldn't that be an interesting one? See, one of the things, one of the things that I've kind of hinted at it a bit, but I think I'm going to come back to it a bit later in the show, uh, in the final section, which we're just coming up on now, is rationalisation. There, there seems to be an awful lot of people competing for the same pie. And I do wonder, uh, much the same as, as somebody, who was it, um, that suggested, uh, Peter Ferguson suggested that Kat Kamatsu and Itachi would buy at least two companies. I wouldn't be surprised, um, partly to acquire technology and that kind of thing, because I'll come on to that in a, a little bit, but also that ability. It, it, I mean, I, I find it remarkable that we haven't had um, all of the major um, quick coupler and tilt rotator companies snapped up by the big OEMs. Um, maybe we will. Maybe that will come. Um, 
let's have a look. Uh, watching a fellow talking about GPT, it sounds very straight to the point. It, trust me, go go and have a play. Uh, and as I say, the 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 subject that I asked it about was was pretty damn random. Um, and yeah, it was it was faultless. And just going back to um, my canoe head, I tell you what, I'll, I'll throw up a different one. There you go. So with that image there. I basically said to the AI system that I used, um, here's, a, here's, I think it was 12 photographs of me. Now go away and produce some uh, images based upon how I look. Um, it's it's made my eyes look better. It's tidied my beard up. It's given me a little more, bit more hair than I've got, and it's put me in a futuristic costume. But I tell you what, you can see that's me. That's a pretty accurate depiction. It's better looking than me for which I'm grateful, um, but that is pretty damn accurate, isn't it? And bearing in mind, I just sent it a dozen fairly low-resolution photographs. Astonishing. Uh, Al Grierson says, I asked it to caption a pic of a Cabelco excavator. It made a valiant effort, although it doesn't know what Camille, uh, the Cabelco marketing brief for the uh, Dash 5 it produced. A simulcrum of marketing blurb. I think that, that there is a, a new thing that we are all going to have to learn. I'm going to go back to that and shrink it down. There's a new thing that we all have to learn. We have spent the past, what, 20 odd years um, teaching Google, or basically teaching ourselves how to use Google. Um, and we, we always refer to search terms. With um, AI, we talk in terms of prompts. And the better at prompts you get, the better the outcome you receive. So, for example, one of the things that that I did, I was playing around with it the other night, and I was trying to create some more images, and these weren't of me. These I, I asked it to create like a a futuristic city landscape, and it came back, and it was pretty good, pretty good. But I then said, uh, you know, can you do it in a um, <clears throat> a Blade Runner style, and and really focus in on the pink and the purple, which, as you can see, I've got above my head there, and it came back. It looked like a, a, a CGI render straight out of Blade Runner. Um, I was toying with the idea of, of using it as a backdrop. But because I'm always sat down when I'm doing these things, it just looked like I was floating in the air. Chat, or the, uh, the, um, the API that, or the AI that I used to do it didn't know that. But what it produced was unbelievably good. It really was. So let's go back to the show. I think we're we're due a, a new image that looks like that. Now that's not AI. I really look like that when I take no. That is AI as well. But as you can see, you know, I I love the selection of glasses it's used as well. <laughs> so we now enter totally uncharted territory. Um, let's have a look. Um, and AI will turn our Mark, Mark Anthony into a film star and president called Sir Mark Anthony. Well, we live in hope. Not entirely sure about the film star, but I'd take the president's job. Quite fancy that. Um, <laughs> this is the bit of the show, I guess, where we begin to blur the lines between fact and fiction. These are our unknown unknowns. Uh, Steve Williams has just pitched up as well. Uh, evening, everyone. Uh, have I missed the crack? Uh, much crack? No. No, feel free to join in. You can see the basic format, um, Steve. We're making predictions and laughing at my weird image. Um, we've we've already gone through 
we'll come back to exactly what it is I believe what is going to happen over the next 11 and a half months. But if you've got any thoughts, if you um, let me just give you an example. Um, where are we going to go? Um, there you go. That's the sort of thing we're looking for. Gary Muirhead has predicted that XCMG will take over Hitachi. If you've got anything like that up your sleeve, Steve, throw it in the chat and we'll get to it just as soon as we can. Um, we're about to start the known un or the unknown unknowns, the things we don't know that we don't know, if you take my meaning. In my experience, new equipment introductions tend to fall into one of two distinct categories. Tell you what, hold that thought. Tim Meany, good evening, Tim. Um, thank you very much indeed for joining us. M much appreciated. Uh, old machines lasted a lot longer, and the worst uh, we had to do was change a few hoses. New machines constantly break down. Cost more for services, or you need a computer for, to fix and a call-out, etc., etc. Less carbon footprint when I could just change the filters and oil without needing to replace substandard electronic components. Diggers are diggers, and operators used to do it all. Now it's, I've broken down, I'm going home. Fair point. Fair point. Um, Ken Hatcher just joined us as well. Uh, good evening. I forgot been cutting my hair, not cutting your own hair. Uh, Ken, I hope. Please tell me you weren't cutting your own hair. Um, yes, where, where were we? So, yes, I was saying machine introductions tend to fall into one of two categories. There are those that we see coming. Sometimes there are leaks, and sometimes manufacturers kind of pre promote. Uh, the new machine they've got coming down, the turnpike. But for every one of those, there are machine introductions that seem to come completely out of left field. For example, who would have seen JCB's arrival in the site dumper market with the Hivis? Who would have seen that? Who would have known that Liebherr would have a remote-controlled dozer up its sleeve ahead of Bauma 2019? Or even that the Dresser dozer would grab the headlines at Conexpo 2020. Who could have predicted that Bobcat would arrive at Balmer 2022 with an OLED up uh, heads-up display? So with all that being said, let's throw a few ideas into the air and let's see if any of them fly. And let's start close to home. In fact, let's start with JCB. I did a quick calculation. I'm not entirely sure how accurate it is, but I did a quick calculation, and I reckon it is now five years since JCB unveiled the X-Series of track excavators. Will we see that X-Series upgrade now transferred over to the company's wheeled excavators? Feels like it's about time. Um, I'm just going to throw these up very quickly. Um, Prediction for 2023, more tilt rotators on site. That's not a prediction. That's a statement of fact. Uh, but I agree. I, I totally agree. Uh, uh, nothing greener than keeping an old machine in good uh, order and grafting. Totally right. Um, and Al Grierson says, couldn't have predicted that case launched a line of rubber ducks based on high undie machines. No, you certainly couldn't. And we're going to come on to that kind of thing in just a second. Um. We discussed hydrogen fuel machines earlier in tonight's show. Now, although other manufacturers may be working on this quietly in the background, it's currently a three-horse race to be the first to bring a hydrogen machine properly to market. 
We reported recently that JCB has developed a hydrogen combustion engine and a fuel su uh, supply system to keep their hydrogen machines fueled. Personally, I think that gives them a slight advantage because the engine requires virtually no other changes to the machine itself. But could another manufacturer cross the line a bit sooner? And if so, which manufacturer? As I say, it's currently a three-horse race, but could somebody come up on the on the blind side while, while Liebherr, uh, Hyundai and JCB are looking the other way and suddenly steal their breakfast? If you think there's somebody out there that's going to hit the uh, the hydrogen finish line first, let me know who it is. Uh, Gary Muirhead says, very true, Tim. We've got two 10-ton Liebherr ducks and the cost uh, of a 500-hour service is two and a half grand each machine. Shocking. We, <clears throat> I'm going to get back to the, the, the show in just a second, but while we're all chatting amongst ourselves, you might recall that we did talk about this, I think it was probably one of our Saturday social shows, about the fact that we no longer, I, I think I referred to it as the lost art of tinkering. I remember back in the day, so mid to late 70s, I guess, my dad and all the other dads down my road would get together um, on a Sunday morning um, and they would basically tinker with their cars. They'd be changing spark plugs and messing around, changing oil and everything else. They they had a, a pretty good understanding of what goes on under the bonnet uh, and they would tinker with their machines. Try and do that now. As um, as our correspondent just said, um, I'm trying to remember, it was Tim Meany said, you now need a computer to do that. Um, Pete Cook has just said Caterpillar. Caterpillar what? The, yes, big fan of Caterpillar, uh, but I don't know what that means. Uh, Ken Hatcher, you may see a 35-ton X-Series first. Could we? Could we indeed? It's a thought, isn't it? And Nigel Williams is here as well. Nigel, good evening, and thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you very much indeed for being here. So, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Why don't we move on to Doosan? Oh, hang on a minute. Um, Steve Williamson has just said, new F-Series Volvo Excavator. Not sure what point you joined us, um, Steve, but I did mention earlier in the show, I was part of a, a pre-Conexpo press conference with Volvo this afternoon. They talked about the fact that they've got a new um, wheel loader coming down the line for Conexpo. They've also got a new electric roller um, that is going to be shown for the first time at Conexpo. <clears throat> but there's a third product, and that third product, Looks about the size and shape of an excavator, but it's under wraps. Could that be it? Could it be a new F-Series Volvo excavator? We shall see. Um, no, Dusan, it's <laughs> It's not Devolve. It's what is it? It's Devalon. Devalon. Yeah, really good. need to practice that. So let's move on to Devalon, shall we? Uh, there we are. Devilon, as Ken has rightly said. Thank you very much indeed. <clears throat> we already know there's a new brand coming down the line, which we've just said is Devilon. But what about the company's DD100 dozer? Will the company stick with a single dozer model, or will they be adding more? And either way, is Dusan planning to bring that dozer to European or UK shores anytime soon? I'll be asking the question while I'm over there, but you'd have to think 
it's obviously a proven product because, as we know, earlier this week we featured one of the machines. Uh, I think it was the first one to be going to work in North America. So it's obviously for sale. It's it's commercially available. Why have we not got it over here in Europe? And should there be more than one? Uh, Al Grissom says, Devolve also popped up as my first guest. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got a funny feeling we're going to have some fun with that on predictive text. I think that's going to be the uh, the story there. Um, now, I've just said, is the new or is that Doosan Dozer destined for UK shores? Speaking of destined for the UK shores, we've been talking about XCMG setting up shop here in the UK for at least two years now. There was an awful lot of speculation, some of it by me, um, that there would be an official announcement in summer last year. But obviously, it came to nothing. However, given the success of their Chinese compatriots, Lugong, and maybe to a lesser degree, Sani, could this be the year that XCMG finally makes their belated arrival? I'm not suggesting for one moment that they've missed the boat. But you would have thought, if there were a time to do it, it would have been about two years ago when the industry was flying high, when there was a shortage of machines and people were desperate for excavators and that kind of thing. However, they are looking for more and more market share. I would imagine there'll be lots of people that would be more than happy to hand over the relatively low cost of an XCMG machine just to see how it performs. Nigel Williams says, lost art of tinkering. True, sadly. Uh, there are a few cars you can work on with basic hand tools today. Uh, as with all things technologically minded, there there are indeed ho hobby-grade scammers and uh, scanners and code readers. I think it's more to do with young lads today just not getting the opportunity to tinker with their dads like they used to and should still do. I've got to admit, I was one of those. Um, my dad, my dad, for most of my adult life, was a chauffeur. Um, so although he didn't get to fix the cars very often, he needed a good working knowledge of the cars that he drove, should they ever break down and, and leave his boss stranded. Um, so he had that knowledge, offered to share it with me today, or offered to share it with me when I was 17, 18, 19. It's nowhere near as interesting as girls and the pub was it um so yeah uh, i got asked today why did dusan change the name i couldn't answer is this going to be a good or bad is this going to be good or bad this name change too early to say whether it's uh good or bad um i think we've we've seen a bit of both over the years of good name changes and bad name changes we mentioned on the, the show earlier today the fact that um Dusan used to be Deu anyway, so they are not a stranger to name changes. Some have stuck, some haven't. Um, I, and I also mentioned on the show this morning, um, when Sandvik acquired Rama, they changed the Rama, or they basically did away with the Rama name, and then two or three years later did a complete U-turn because everybody knows exactly what a Rama is. It's red, it's got Rama written on the side in white, and it's a premium brand hydraulic breaker. Sandvik is a major brand, but it's it's not a major brand if you're in the plant hire business, for example. Um, so, yeah, these swings and roundabouts. I also wonder with these these name changes. That there, I often think that there is a lot of change is for change's sake. Um, I'm not suggesting that's the case with Devalon and Deu and Dusan. 
but you get a, a new MD or possibly a new marketing department who decide we're going to go off in a slightly different direction. And to give you an example, and I won't tell you exactly who it is, but there was uh, there's a trade association that used to be known as the so-and-so, so-and-so. And they paid somebody tens of thousands of pounds to come back. And their, their great recommendation was drop the the at the beginning. What what possible? Are you too lazy to say the word the? Yeah. Uh, Doosan is a Korean Another word I can't say. A Korean conglomerate. And they sold their heavy equipment line to their competitor, Hyundai. Probably not allowed to use the Doosan name anymore. Yeah, you could well be right on that. Um, and I also think this is an opportunity for the two to go into distinctly different directions. When you look at, um, for example, when you look at the um, the ADT that we saw first at um, Hillhead this year, it's a it's a Hyundai ADT, but it's a high, it's a Doosan ADT for all intents and purposes. I think when you when you can draw the line, obviously you know they're all still part of the same global company, but I think you can possibly venture in one direction. You know, will will Devalon be willing or able to share dozer technology and bring Hyundai into the dozer market, for example. It's early days. We're, we're going to find out more. Um, I think it's, did I say it was early February? I can't actually remember. Obviously, we'll be finding out an awful lot more over in Conexpo when this all becomes public. And that will probably be the first time we actually see the machines in the iron. Um, but it's still got to play out a little bit, I think. Didn't the Korean government take control of Daewoo? That's why it went to Doosan in Infracore. Don't know. Don't know the answer to that one. Um, I'll go and check, but I don't know the answer. Uh, will this name change, effect, name change affect the price of second-hand Doosan machines? Um, I wouldn't have thought it would affect um, prices of second-hand machines. Where I think you always have to tread carefully as a manufacturer is timing an announcement of this type. So, I mean, I don't know. For example, let's let's say there is a, a UK. Let's use the UK as an example. There is a UK um, dealer for Doosan machines, and let's say they've got a dozen excavators in stock. And then the announcement comes through that as of February, Doosan will be Devilon. Do those machines lose their value? Are they going to be harder to sell? Will you have customers sitting on their hands waiting for the new brand to arrive? All of those things are possible. So it, I think, as in all walks of life, timing is everything. Steve Williamson says, normally when a business changes the name due to a business failure, uh, I take it that's not the case here. Most definitely not. No, most definitely not. This this is a strategic plan as part of a, of a wider marketing plan. And, and I, I, I realize you, you have to take a lot of the marketing blurb on these things with a bit of a pinch of salt. But it, it does very much highlight um, I think Doosan or Devalon's commitment to development and innovation. Um, not that they were slouches in that department anyway, but I think this this kind of draws a focus on that. Um, we shall see. Sean Grattan, good evening, Sean. Thank you very much indeed for being here. Uh, not been able to use the spanners old school uh, wise. It's no different than uh, using batter rails on jobs to GPS. We've moved on. Some will say for the better, some will disagree. Uh, would we go back to having no AC in machines? Yeah, it's, it's 
listen, this is a, a constant sort of uh, source of consternation. You know, if you if and I'm I, I'm looking at you, Steve. I'm sure you get to hear this all the time. If you use a tilt rotator, you're less of an operator. Is the uh, the way that we're we're told this is? Um, you can't do the job properly, and therefore you're using a shortcut. This is being said by people that arrive for work having followed their GPS in their car rather than using a map. Um, and they would complain bitterly if they didn't have air conditioning, if they didn't have Bluetooth connectivity. It's a complete nonsense. It's, it's based on nothing whatsoever. It's, it's like, I'll use my own example. I could... I couldn't do this job, but I could do my previous job and, and the bit that I still dabble with. I could do my journalism with a typewriter. I still own one. Hasn't seen the light of day for a little while, but I still own one. I could do my job with a typewriter. But why on earth would I want to when I've got a fancy Mac at my hand, at my um, fingertips that allows me to do things like this, uh, manipulate photographs, play around with AI, live stream broadcasting, video recording. Why on earth would I want to stick with a typewriter? Why on earth? And, and we had an argument on this um, not so long ago where um, somebody suggested that you needed to earn the right to access um, these modern driver aids, tilt rotators, quick couplers, GPS, dig, dis, uh, dig depth systems, and all of that kind of thing. Why? Why? Are you suggesting that somebody passes their driving test for a car and they have to drive a Model, model T Ford? or a car from the 70s, you know, no power steering, no ABS, you haven't earned the right to drive a, a modern car. It's a nonsense, a complete nonsense. Um, it's going to be hard. Both brands are pretty much the same uh, it, the same in the market, unless they are going to downgrade one brand or push another up market. I, I have not, and I'm not suggesting this is the case in this instance, because I don't believe it is, but I do have an issue with that from a, a business standpoint uh, happens quite a bit in the hydraulic breaker market. You have a, a distributor or a, an importer or a dealer that has a premium brand hydraulic breaker. You say, how much is that hydraulic breaker? And he, he says, Oh, you know, that'll be 20,000 quid. And you pull a face or you do the, that's a bit steep. Oh, actually we've, we've got, we've got one that we've brought in from, Korea, China, Thailand, Taiwan, whatever it might be, and we can we can do one for four and a half grand. I have an issue with that. You, you, I, I think it it shows. I think it demonstrates a lack of belief in the premium brand product, um, and it's it reminds me. And I, I'm going to get back to the show in just a second, but it reminds me of that thing where you have salesmen that jump ship from one brand to another. They've spent 10, 15, 20 years telling you that why their brand is the number one, why all their rivals are coming up short in various departments, and then somebody offers them a slightly bigger paycheck, and all of that is turned on its head, and the new company is now the greatest thing since sliced bread, and they will spend hours telling you about all the shortcomings of the company that they spent the last 20 years with. Nonsense. Oh, let's have a look. They said they were st uh, shipping sticker sets to dealers. Yes, oh, I understand that is the case. Um, 
Wouldn't mind a few of those myself. Have one up on the wall behind me, maybe. Um, we shall see. Uh, Nigel Williams. XCMG may not be able to enter the UK or EU markets due to trade negotiations with China, possibly. Um, many of us holders will remember the old Fiat Hitachi machines. Hitachi, everything except engine supplied by Fiat and assembly in Italy to satisfy the bureaucracy. Yes. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, and, and that was not a unique instance at all. Um, we shall see. We shall see. Now, where was I in all of this? Volvo. Let's have a bit of a natter about Volvo, shall we? Um, I'll make no secret of the fact that I'm a bit of a Volvo fan, um, and I honestly believe they've probably innovated more in the past two or three years than some companies achieve in an entire lifetime, and there is surely more to come. We already know there's a, a top-secret machine coming down the line for Con Expo, but ponder this, would you? Volvo has already pioneered a driverless machine with its autonomous haulers. They produce a remote control, a remote control rather, demolition excavator. They've also made huge strides in the field of electrification, introducing, I think, the biggest range of compact excavators and wheel loaders running on electricity. And they've even produced a machine made from fossil-free steel. So, could we see some or all of that distilled into a single machine? An autonomous excavator, maybe, made from fossil-free steel, powered by electricity. They have the capability. Will they do it? Uh, let's have a look. Steve Williamson says, the way I, I say about it is tilt rotator making you less of an operator. Normal machine, you have a dipper, boom, bucket, and curl to operate. Tilt, tilt rotator, you have dipper, boom, bucket, curl, tilt, and rotate. Working the, mach the machine in various axes and angles, making you operate the machine joysticks more. You use your head more, and to me, that's a lot more to control and think about. Very good point. Normally, a guy with a tilt rotator has uh, has years of experience on a normal machine and could go back to that. No, I'm guessing that's no problem. It's a very good point. There are still those that you will not convince, um, but... Uh, Devalon, the new name... Uh, we know. We, we've, we've touched on that. But good evening, Malcolm. Good to see you here. Uh, it is Devalon, D-E-V-E-L-O-N. Um, and yes, it is the new name as of February. Um, I think we're expecting a bit more news this month, a bit more in February, and then I think we get the grand unveiling over in uh, Con Expo. Looking forward to seeing that. Um, we're going to get to Case in just a second. But let's stick with the electric machines. For all the industry's desire to reduce emissions, the adoption of electric machines remains, to my mind, a bit slow, a bit isolated. Could 2023 be the year that finally sees a major plant hire or rental company go all in on electric machines? Will we finally see the industry settle on a single fuel? Of single future fuel, a sustainable zero emission, one size fits all fuel solution. Don't believe that's going to happen. I think we're going to go dual brand. I think we're going to, we're going to run uh, VHS and Betamax side by side, electric and hydrogen, whether you like it or not. What do you think? Now, I said we're going to talk about case, so let's do that, shall we? At Balma in 2019, almost four years ago now. The company showed off a concept wielder called Project 
Tetra. Don't know if you remember that, but it was a, a it really was a, a remarkable looking machine. Um, developed to run on biodiesel, puncture proof tires, a real glimpse of the future. It's never seen the light of day. Will it? Could it? Maybe. The company went on to went to great pains to explain that this was a concept machine. So possibly that was as far as it was ever likely to go. But they also went to great lengths to explain that, that CNH, obviously the company that owns Case, has within its company or within its organization the ability to harness biodiesel for use in on-road trucks. Biodiesel is viable. Biodiesel technology exists within CNH. Case developed a biodiesel wheel loader. Why not? Why not, indeed? Um, Nigel Williams. Last night, I got to see a brand new Volvo L180H loading shovel strapped to the bed of a low loader. Top of their game for years. Nigel, I realize you're a busy guy, but if you're around tomorrow, 10 a.m., tune in. There is a new Volvo L350H. That he's going to be at Con Expo, um, and it was showed off today, and I've got the footage. So if you fancy checking that out, um, please join us. Uh, the company is starting to build electric machines, probably have launched them at the wrong time with the country, the way the country is at the moment. <clears throat> it does feel like the, uh, the market and the economy and the energy business has moved against um, electric machines and i do wonder um i don't know if anybody anybody else is aware of this obviously i i watch you guys work in the industry i watch it for a living that's that's the way these things work and i've noticed over the past six to nine months or so a real distinct um backlash against electric um I think a lot of us, myself included, were very excited when we first saw electric machines from the likes of JCB and Volvo. Um, was this a glimpse of the future? The silent running was a fantastic thing. Um, the zero emissions, you know, potentially gave us new areas that we could move into. And then some of the additional bits that came about, like things like the Emma app um, that Volvo developed to monitor battery usage and that kind of thing on its, on its electric machines. There's been a real leap in technology. But over, as I say, the past six or nine months, I've got the very distinct feeling that that, that has gone the other way. The people are now starting to question, A, the availability of electricity, B, the, um, the actual runtime that these machines can achieve, um, what happens to the machines after the, the end of their um, useful working life. Moreover, what happens to the batteries after the machine is done and dusted? We, we, I, I think it's taken it's taken a couple of years. When was JCB's first um, electric machine? 2019, I think, off the top of my head. It's taken us two, three, maybe even four years until we've actually stood back and gone, hang on a minute, are we are we absolutely sure here? Um, and maybe that has been why we haven't seen the, uh, you know a a lynch or a flannery or a sunbelt or a uh, plant force going all in on electric machines. I still think that there is scope for electric machines in a particular um, size bracket, and I also think there is potential for a flannery or a lynch to really take a, a, a big leap forward and say we've started our own electric um, 
division, Lynch Electric or Flannery Electric or whatever they might decide to call it, um, and actually put their, I wouldn't say put their money where their mouth is, all of these companies talk about sustainability and zero emissions. What better way to do it than say, actually, we're going to put part of our fleet entirely electric? Um, as Steve has rightly said, though, um, I think the timing is horrible, absolutely horrible, but we'll see how that one pans out. So my my final prediction, I guess, is that we're going to see more collaboration across the equipment sector. Somebody's already mentioned the fact that we're going to see more rationalization with bigger companies buying smaller companies, mergers and, and acquisitions and that kind of thing. I personally believe it's going to be more in the form of uh, collaboration. The industry, as we all know, has relied on equipment badging for decades. Caterpillar breakers back in the day used to be rammers in disguise. In fact, there was a time when you would you could have a black hammer, you put it to work for a couple of days, and you could see the red paint underneath. That's how clear it was. And that badging continues today. Bobcaps, going back to John Christofides at, at Bobcat, um, talking to me at Balmer, uh, mentioned the fact that they are repackaging Magni telescopic handlers to plug a gap in the Bobcat range. In the age of technology... I reckon we're going to see more of this, a lot more. goes back to something somebody said earlier in the chat. Why would a heavy iron manufacturer go to all the time, the trouble, and the expense of developing dedicated machine control systems when those systems already exist and are produced by companies that actually specialise in that area? Look at today. We've just reported that UK Volvo distributor SMTGB has become the dealer for the Danish-made unicontrol system. So will this be the year in which every single equipment manufacturer worth its salt has a machine control solution as part of its product offering? I, I sense it moving further and further and further down the, the line to the point where I'm not talking micro excavators, although why the hell not? But I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of mini excavators, you know, two ton and above. Why not have the whole telematics machine guidance system involved in that. Um, I don't know the cost of the unit control system, uh, but SMT did make big mention of the fact that it's cost effective. If you are an owner operator and your, um, your ride of choice is, for example, a mid range Kubota excavator, and you spend eight, nine, 10 hours a day sat behind the levers of that, would you not want to trick it out with um, all the mod cons like a machine control system? I certainly would. Um, let's have a look. Gary Muirhead's diesel will still be around for a long time to come. We're still a long way from seeing it being replaced. I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, again, I, I think I don't, regardless of, of things like, you know, these dates of 2030, 2050 and all that, it's a nonsense. It is a nonsense. We, we, will, not, we will not see a day where, you know, on the 1st of January, every remaining diesel machine is parked up never to turn her wheel again. It's going to be a phased thing. The concern now is getting what replaces it in place before those dates start to arrive and before governments that uh, op often operate in complete isolation from the real world um, before they start to legislate against diesel machines. Um, and again, thin end of, end of the wedge. We have here in London, I say here in London, London's, um, I don't know, 
five miles that way. I'm on the very outskirts. But London has an ultra-low emission zone. We have been notified out here in leafy Surrey that um, that ultra-low emission zone is coming our way. So we've already seen a situation in London where um, some machines can't be used. Um, we've seen companies having to invest in um, stage five machines when perhaps they weren't planning to do that um, ahead of time um, in order to be able to work in London. That is going to extend to southeast London and back, as I say, out into the bit of London I'm in, which is Epsom. It'll be Kingston um, and, and so on down the line. And, and if it's going to Surrey, chances are it's going to go to Kent. Chances are it's going to go to Essex and to Hertfordshire as well. So taking in the M25 circle, that ultra low emission zone is coming your way at some point in the very near future. Excuse me one second. Need to clear the throat. Uh, nuclear submarines and nuclear power stations moving onto nuclear plant construction machinery. There was a time I'd have thought, yeah, why not? Why not? Seems a bit, seems a bit far-fetched to me, but hey, stranger things have happened. Um, Komatsu already has it. Already has what? <clears throat> I think you're probably talking about... Um, driver systems and, and the, the like. Yes, they do. And then they're not unique in that. You know, I, as I say, Unicontrol uh, uni with uh, Volvo, obviously the, the some of these major manufacturers, I know Caterpillar have got their own system, although I think Finning um, are, are coded up to, is it Trimble? I can never remember. Um, but you, yes, you're right. Thank you very much indeed, Sean, for clarifying. We are talking GPS. But You've got all these GPS systems out there. You've got all these drive raid systems out there. Height restrictors, depth restrictors, and all that kind of thing. Are we going to see the likes of Caterpillar, Hitachi, Volvo, Komatsu, JCB, and anybody else that I've missed, snapping up those companies and keeping that information and that technology to themselves? Catron uh, Trimble, thank you very much indeed, Nigel. I... It's over there. I, it, that's the part of the industry that I'm happy to allow um, Peter Haddock to go and play with. Um, so, yes, thank you very much indeed for the update. Um, so, yes, are we going to see all major manufacturers having that kind of thing? It does feel like we're moving in that direction. And could we ultim ultimately see, as I say, those OEMs buying up those technology companies or at least taking an interest in all of that? Wouldn't surprise me one bit. Right. That's an hour. Wasn't expected to be a long one tonight, but it's an hour. Um, and I've covered all the facts, facts and the fictions that I have to offer. So before I head, uh, no, I'll tell you what, I'm going to skip that because we've, we've kept up with the chat pretty well tonight. So having taken up more than enough of your evening, I'm going to throw up on the screen <clears throat> my list of predictions for 2023. I'll make it bigger so you can see it. <clears throat> and I'm going to turn off the banner so you can see it clearly. And I think I'll get rid of that one as well. We don't No, that's the wrong one. Get rid of that one as well. So there's my predictions for 2023. JCB to upgrade its wheeled excavator range. XCMG to finally make it into the UK. 
Caterpillar to launch additional demolition excavator? Will it be bigger than the uh, the 352? Will it be smaller than the 340? Remains to be seen. Um, I reckon a UK plant hire will go all in on electric. I reckon that Doosan will extend its dozer range. And I reckon, reckon, hope, reckon that John Deere will enter the UK construction sector. 